Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gant, and for the next hour and a half, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call 646 727 3070. That's 646 727 3070. You can listen to the show blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. Send messages to the show on Twitter at go4gant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Also, you can hit us up here in the chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by one of the stars of Brotherly Love in theaters next Friday, April 24th, actor Eric D. Hill. Eric is going to be joining us. We're going to talk to Eric about the upcoming movie Brotherly Love and, um, also talk to Eric about, uh, Eric uh, did a few commercials with uh, Kevin Durant. So we're going to talk to him about the upcoming NBA playoffs, get his thoughts, get his opinions, get his ideas on what he believes may happen in the NBA playoffs. And also we're going to be joined by former Kansas State quarterback Jake Waters. Jake Waters will be joining us, and we're going to talk to Jake about his preparation for the upcoming NFL draft. And the NFL draft, what, less than two weeks ago, two weeks away. We're right here, man. It's, it's right here upon us. And just think, just think. And, again, Jake Waters, Eric D. Hill on the show today. Just think about it. In the next two weeks, next in, in, in two weeks, you know, April 30th, you have the draft. You got the draft April 30th throughout the course of that whole weekend. You know, you got the NBA playoffs going on. May 2nd, you got Mayweather, Pacquiao, you got the NHL playoffs going on. I mean, you know, the next in two weeks, the sports your sports weekend is going to be sick. Your sports weekend is going to be absolutely sick. I mean, you, th- th- that weekend is going to be amazing. I mean, you can literally kick your feet up. You'll kick your feet up and. You can watch the draft. You can watch the NBA playoffs, the Kentucky Derby. I mean, <laughs> NHL hockey. You got baseball going on. I mean, theoretically, you could kick your feet up at around 12 noon and never put those feet down. I mean, the only time you're getting up is to – Refill that 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 beer. Refill that soda. Uh, uh, refill the chips and the dip. I mean, that's the only time you would get up. It's the refill thing. You're not moving. I mean, theoretically, your day starts at twelve. You got the draft going on. You got NHL playoffs going on. Heck, you got Yankees, Red Sox, too. Doesn't mean as much, but hey, you got it. 
NBA playoffs. NBA playoffs. And there's a possibility you could have a bunch of seven games on that day. Kentucky Derby. I mean, all into the night, and your nightcapper could be Mayweather-Pacquiao. I mean, you don't have to move one bit. You'll be watching sports and good sports, meaningful sports, all day long. You're talking about a 12, 14-hour shift. Pacquiao Mayweather's probably getting over about 1, 1, 30, 1 o'clock in the morning. So you're talking about, a, 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 what, a 13-hour shift on the couch. That's just May 2nd. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty exciting to you know, think about the possibilities. As we go throughout the course of this show, and I can't wait for May 2nd, by the way. I, just, uh, I have to say it again. But as we go throughout the course of the show, you're going to get my thoughts on Jameis Winston. Um, and that whole situation, uh, you know, as we know, uh, the accuser uh, who accused him of sexual assault, she has filed a civil lawsuit. So we'll we'll, we'll talk about, we'll delve into that and, 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 you know, see what we think about that and, and you know, what's going to happen moving forward and does that affect his draft status moving forward. We'll get into that. Obviously, the NBA playoffs. We're going to be talking about that. I mean, the NBA playoffs get started tomorrow. And, you know, it, it's it's wide open. You know, we, we could talk Cleveland, we could talk Golden State, but there are some legitimate teams that could beat those two uh, teams that could derail those two teams. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. But, you know, we'll we'll get into that. We'll delve into that. And it's going to be, you know, very interesting playoffs. I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm always looking forward to it because it's wide open. It's that wide open. We Who knows what could happen? Who knows? We can speculate. We can say whatever we want to say. But I, I think these playoffs are a fairly wide open situation. It should be very interesting to see who moves on, who goes on, and who goes home. It's win or go home. And I can't wait to see who goes home. I can't wait to see who wins. I'm I, I'm excited, man. I, I'm obviously pretty, pretty excited. But as we go throughout the course of this show, we're going to get into that, the NBA playoffs. We're going to get into Jameis Winston as well. The return of Johnny Mantell. He's out of rehab. He's looking to come on back. We'll see if that means anything. Um, you know, but Johnny is back. Adrian Peterson is back. We'll get into that. I mean, so we got a lot to get to here today. Let's start right now with the NBA playoffs. And, you know, the NBA playoffs are are here. You know, you, you guys, a lot of you guys like March Madness, and I like it too. But to me, give me the NBA playoffs any day, any year, any time. Give me the NBA playoffs. I mean, the, the, the playoffs this year, the Western Conference, man, it, it's just ridiculous. Like the, the Western Conference is absolutely ridiculous. The, the the matchups in this first round: Mavericks, Rockets. I mean, two fifty-win teams. All these teams are fifty-win teams except for the Pelicans, uh, the Clippers, Spurs. To me, that's the best series of the first round uh, in both conferences. That is the best series, and that's the series where we'll see whether or not Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, can finally, you know, 
this is time. It's time for the Clippers to make some moves. It's time for the Clippers to take that next step. You know, it's time. And to me, start making and obviously taking that next step starts with beating the San Antonio Spurs. And you know, both of these teams are playing some big time basketball right now. I mean, the the Spurs, you know, they they climbed up and climbed up. And, you know, they ultimately they got to what? They got to two at one point. But eventually they lost the lost the season finale to the Pelicans. Pelicans ultimately got into the playoffs. And, you know, now the, the, the these two teams, the, the Spurs dropped down to six. Clippers got all the way up to two. So, obviously, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be a fun, fun series. You know, you got the uh, Spurs. They ended the ser- ended this uh, season what twenty one and four, impressive. You know, you got the Clippers who were hot down the stretch. What fourteen and one down the stretch. I mean, uh, so both of these teams are playing big time basketball, and this is the type of matchup where you were like, you know what, I like this matchup, but I don't want to see it so early. I, I want to see this matchup a little later. Second round, at least. I, I want to see this in the second round. I don't want to see this now. I mean, you're talking about two good basketball teams. Two, you know, Clippers at 56, the Spurs at 55. One of these two good basketball teams is going home. Going home. And will it be the Clippers? Will it be the San Antonio Spurs. At some point, we have to change the channel, meaning we have to go to that next team. At some point, we have to figure out who's next. Who's next? Who's who's that team that's going to take? You know, somebody eventually, the, the Spurs are going to pass the torch to somebody. The Clippers, you know, even if they win this series, you know, they still – anybody who wins this series and anybody who wins a series in a Western Conference, their next opponent is going to be tough. Their next opponent, I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. You know, theoretically, you look at it, let's just take the Golden State Warriors, for example. Okay. Golden State – no, let's not let's not take Golden State. Let's take um, let's take Houston. Houston, they went in the first round against a tough Mavericks team. Well, guess what? Their reward for winning that is the Clippers or the Spurs, and that's tough. And okay, you get past that, you know, your 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 reward for that is probably going to be the Golden State Warriors when it's all said and done in the end. So somebody. You look at the Spurs, they went through the gauntlet last year and ultimately got to the NBA Finals. They went through the gauntlet, the Spurs did. And they got to, what, the Mavericks, the Warriors who played them tough, and ultimately OKC. So whoever is getting out the Western Conference is going through the gauntlet. And so one of these teams is going. One of these teams, one of these eight teams in the Western Conference is going to the NBA Finals, and one of these teams is going to go through the gauntlet. 
going to be a lot of fun, man. <laughs> a lot of fun. And out in the East, and, I, and before I go to the East, I look at the West. Warriors are a championship team. Rockets have, have championship aspirations, could, could win a championship. Clippers, Spurs, I think both of those teams could get out of the Western Conference. And the Grizzlies, I believe, could get out of the Western Conference. So Memphis, three, five teams. I believe, have legitimate shots to get out of Western Conference. Conversely, in the East, I say three. Cavaliers, the Hawks, and the Chicago Bulls. And you look at the East, and everybody's saying Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. And out West, everybody's saying Golden State, Golden State, Golden State. But you look at Cleveland, and I I, I think, you know, we're talking Cleveland, and, and Cleveland obviously ended the season very well. You know, obviously they took off in the second half of the season. LeBron, Kyrie took off. Big trades, you know, Mozkov, J.R. Smith, Amon Shumpert. I mean, they took off in the second half of the NBA season. They took off. And taking off, a lot of people say now Cleveland. I mean, the Hawks are the best team in the East record-wise, 60-plus win team. But a lot of people have Cleveland. A lot of people are favoring the Cavaliers in this series, and not in this series, one well, in the Eastern Conference. And I guess if those two teams were to play in the, in, in the Eastern Conference Finals, a lot of people would pick the Cavaliers as well. But I look at the Hawks. This is a 60-win team. This is a very good basketball team. This is a good basketball team, and, and I think we're sleeping on the Atlanta Hawks. Cleveland has LeBron. They have Kyrie. They they have Kevin Love. But the Atlanta Hawks still had the best record in the Eastern Conference. 60 wins. You know, 60 wins is 60 wins. It's 60 wins is 60 wins. No doubt about it. I mean, and, and, and this is a Hawks team dominated at home. Successful against the Western Conference. I mean, they were good and, and, and against everybody. What, 22-8 and eight against the West? I mean, so this is a team, the Atlanta Hawks, a very good basketball team, 60-win team. And I think if the Cavaliers won 60 games, we would even say more so that the Cavaliers would be the favorite. But the Atlanta Hawks won 60 games. 60 games. And so don't be so quick to just crown the Cleveland Cavaliers at this point in time. Let's not be so fast to crown the Cavaliers. LeBron is LeBron, yes. Kyrie is Kyrie, but he's never played in the playoffs before. He's never been on this stage. Kevin Love has never been on this stage before. Your three best play, your two, two of your top three players have never smelt the playoffs. The playoffs are a totally different animal. It's a totally different game. It's a slower game. It's a harder game. It's a grinded out game. It's a totally different animal in the playoffs. It's a totally different intensity level. An intensity level that has not been seen before by Kyrie and Kevin Love. So it's going to be an adjustment for them. 
and you know they'll get their adjustment. They'll get their they'll, they'll go through the first round. They'll get a little taste of what it's like. They'll get themselves a little taste first couple rounds, and that's good. You get yourself a taste. I think Cleveland, when it's all said and done, obviously it's going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I think they will be in the Eastern Conference Finals when it's all said and done. Um, I think they're going to go through Boston pretty easily. Um, I think they'll go through Chicago in that second round, the tough, hard-fought six-game series. And I think they'll face the Atlanta Hawks. And the Atlanta Hawks have had success against the Cavaliers this season. The Atlanta Hawks have played the Cavaliers well. Atlanta Hawks have had, you know, a decent amount of success. And so the Atlanta Hawks and the Cavaliers, it seems like those two are destined to be together. They're destined to meet. They're destined to meet together. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens when those two teams finally meet. It's going to be fun to see when these two teams meet when these two teams collide, who's going to get the best? I mean, obviously, obviously uh, the Hawks will have home court advantage. That's an advantage. How much of an advantage? Time will tell. But they, you know, they, they've been fill, they've been filling up Phillips, Phillips Arena in Atlanta. You know, the fans have been coming out and supporting their Hawks. So it should be fun. It should be fun. And as I go through the, you know, as we go through the show tonight, we're we're gonna. We're going to see. We're, we're, we're going to make a determination. We're going to figure it all out. Who's going to win in the first round, and ultimately who's going to be in the NBA Finals, and ultimately who is going to be walking home with the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Who's going to be walking home with that trophy, that beautiful gold ball? Who's going to be immortal? We shall see. Adrian Peterson has been reinstated, can participate in all team activities. He's good to go. No problems. He's back. Now the question is, is whether or not he will be back in a Minnesota Vikings uniform. There's been issues between Peterson and the Vikings. Seems like Peterson has more of the issues with the Vikings than the Vikings have with Peterson. The question becomes, well, Adrian Peterson, and the Vikings have all the leverage here. You know, they hold all the cards. And so eventually, if the Vikings want Adrian Peterson to play for the Minnesota Vikings in 2015, if Adrian Peterson wants to play, he's going to play for the Minnesota Vikings. So they hold all the cards. The question becomes whether or not, you know, Adrian Peterson will say, you know, I don't want to play, and, and, you know, whether or not the Vikings will decide, well, to the veterans' interest of the ball club to move him on. I don't see why. I mean, I look at a Vikings team that played some pretty good football last year, uh, a Vikings team that may have found a decent quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, um, So, and, and a team that could use the services of an Adrian Peterson. And the Vikings team was 7-9 and nine last season. And, you know, who knows? Adrian Peterson was in the lineup. Maybe that would have changed a little bit. Maybe it would have counted for a W or two. But, I mean, that's going to be a situation that we'll have to see how it works out. We'll, we'll see when it's all said and done how the two, whether or not the two sides will come together. I, I, but I feel, obviously the Vikings hold all the cards. And A.J. Peterson's under contract for a lot of money. The question becomes is 
whether or not the Vikings will appease Adrian Peterson if Adrian Peterson really does not want to be in Minnesota anymore. That would be the interesting part of it all. Time will tell. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun to, to, to see what how this thing plays out. But I think ultimately uh, Adrian Peterson stays with the Minnesota Vikings because the Vikings hold all the cards in this particular situation. We'll see what happens. Johnny Menzel, he's out of rehab, and, you know, he's made some comments. Quote, I would like to thank my family, friends, and the Browns organization, my teammates, Browns fans everywhere, for your patience, understanding, and supporting during my stay at Quran. The doctors and staff have been have been amazing, and what I've learned in the last couple months has been tremendous. I owe private apologies to a lot of people that are disappointed, but a very public one to the Browns organization and the fans that I let down. Quote, I take full responsibility for my actions. It's my intention to work very hard to regain everyone's trust and respect. I understand that will take time and will only happen through what I do and not what I say. And so we'll, we'll see. You, you hope that Johnny Mantell has truly learned from whatever issue, you know, whatever he needs to learn from. And whatever issues that he has, you hope that he's learned from those issues. I look at Johnny Menzel like this. I never believed that Johnny Menzel was an NFL quarterback. I, I, I didn't see it. I, I didn't see a guy whose uh, athleticism, I didn't think that his athlete, he had some athleticism in college, but I didn't think the athleticism that he had would translate to the NFL. I didn't think he had enough ability as a pocket passer to translate in the NFL. And, you know, ultimate, I mean, it's only been a few games in. And he was awful in that game that he started against the uh, Bengals. He was awful. And, you know, there was talk about his work habits, talk about him still partying, you know, like it's 1999, talk about him, you know, just not, taking the game of football serious, not doing what he has to do study-wise to to be a successful NFL quarterback. And, you know, when you don't do what you got to do study-wise, when you don't do what you have to do to uh, preparation-wise, ultimately, if you're some kind of – unless you're a very, very, very special talent, you will get found out. I mean, uh, for example, Michael Vick. You know, Michael Vick – he admitted in his book that, you know, he took – he spent more time, you know, looking into dogfighting than he did uh, looking into uh, playing the NFL quarterback position and, and, and studying and becoming a better NFL quarterback. So – but Michael Vick was, had uh, this uh, much better skill set than Johnny Manziel. He had much more athletic ability than Johnny Manziel. And ultimately, you know, he had that athletic ability, and that athletic ability ultimately helped him get to uh, – he ultimately got to the um, uh, NFC Championship game. He got to the NFC – he got to an NFC Championship game, won a couple playoff games. And, you know, but he didn't have the study habits necessary uh, to be what he may have – you know what he may have been, or what what he may have what he could have what he could have trans what he could have turned into. I mean, Michael Vick could have been a lot better than he actually was if he studied and took the game a little more seriously. 
I don't see that when it comes to Johnny Manziel. I, I don't. I, I think even if he studies and does whatever he needs to do, I don't see it. I don't see it. I could be wrong, but I don't see it. I really don't. I mean, and so we'll see how this thing plays out with Johnny High. He's been Johnny Football. But I don't think Johnny Football, Johnny Heisman, Johnny Mantell is an NFL caliber quarterback. I don't see it. But here's what I do hope for at the end of the day. You know, you hope that Johnny gets it right. You hope that Johnny, as a man, you know, as a man, you hope Johnny becomes the man that he wants to be. Not the football player, the man that he wants to be. You know, he wants to be, and, you know, he's got time, he's got an opportunity to change how he is being talked about at this point in time in his life. He has an opportunity to do that. And, you know, you in life, there are not many second chances. But when they do come, you have to truly, truly take advantage of them. And hopefully Johnny has gotten the necessary help to take advantage of this second chance, of this second opportunity. Second time around, hopefully. You know, and, and that should be I – I, I think if you're the Browns, you obviously have to look at the quarterback position and say at this point in time, you don't have a quarterback of the future. I don't think you can count on Johnny Menzel to be your quarterback of the future, judging by, you know, some of the things that we saw in his rookie year and also, you know, just judging by not what we saw – off the court, off the field, but what we saw on the field. You know what I mean? What we saw on the field. What we saw on the field wasn't very good. Wasn't very good at all. And what we saw off the field seemingly was even worse. Because off the field, he's partying and not handling his business. You do that, you get knocked out of this league, and you get found out very fast. Speaking of, and let's stay in the NFL, the NFL draft less than two weeks away, and, you know, there are rumors flying and circulating everywhere uh, about Marcus Mariota, you know, whether or not he's going to go number one over Jameis Winston, whether or not he's going to go number two to whether, uh, and if he goes number two, whether he's going to go number two to the Titans or whether he's going to go number two to another football team, whether he's going to go number two uh, to maybe the Eagles or the Chargers or any other team willing to trade up with the Tennessee Titans. Um, if you look at the history of Ken Wisenhunt, Ken Wisenhunt is in love with pocket passers. Kurt Warner, Phil Rivers, who he had a lot of success with over the years, pocket passers. Does Marcus Mariota really fit the bill in terms of your prototypical pocket passer? Um, you know, the Titans are seemingly in love with that Mettenberger. Um, you know, but and if, if they were to make this deal, whether they were going to trade uh, the number two pick with the Chargers, ultimately getting Phil, Phillip Rivers and maybe some other uh, sort of compensation, you know, what, what would Phillip Rivers do for the Tennessee Titans? Would that lift the Tennessee Titans and make them a playoff team? Possibly. Possibly. 
I mean, a team that had struggles on the offensive line, a team that wasn't very good defensively. They just weren't good. Weren't a good football team. Does Phillip Rivers make a team what that was 2-14? and 14? Does he make that team a playoff team? Maybe. But, you know, you're getting old Phillip. You're getting a, 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 a – you're not getting young Phillip Rivers. Um, you know, so – but at the end of the day, you look at the NFL, and it's not stands for not for long. Not for long. So if you're a coach in this league, in the National Football League, you know, not for long is, you know, you got that means you got to hurry up and win. And, you know, Phillip Rivers, if he comes in, well, guess what? Ken Wisenhunt, his, his chances of winning increase short term. You know, if he goes with Mariota and stays at the number two pick and takes Mariota or sticks with Zach Mettenberger, who knows how long it's going to take for that to come together. Who knows how long it's going to take for that, you know, whether or not it's going to be successful at all. It's just speculation. You never know. You don't know. So time will be the judge. But Ken Wizard may not have the time to stick around to see it come together. He may not have time to stick around to see it all. He may he don't have he may not have that time. So you can understand if he would say, you know what, I want to trade the number two pick. I want to get my hands on Phillip Rivers with the opportunity for me to win right now. Not for long. National Football League. Not for long. If you're a coach, you're you're hired to be fired at some point. May not come today, may not come tomorrow, but it's gonna come. It's coming. So you're you're hired to be fired. Thirty-two jobs in the National Football League. Thirty-two, and those thirty-two jobs, you know, are precious. It's only thirty-two jobs. Only thirty-two people are are head coaches in the National Football League at this point in time. So. Obviously, it's a precious job. Obviously, it's a privilege. But it stands for not. The NFL stands for not for long, and you might not be a, a coach for long. Just the reality of the situation. Hired to be fired. That's reality. That's real as it gets. But whether you, and, and as we go through, I mean, it's going to be obviously Mariota, and what happens with Mariota is going to determine what happens in this NFL draft. It's shaping this draft. You know, whether or not Mariota goes number one or whether or not Mariota goes two, and if he doesn't go two, you know, obviously three and four and five, Oakland, Jacksonville, and the Redskins. I think the Redskins still need a quarterback. But, hey, seemingly they're, they're, going to go to, they're not going to take a quarterback. And, obviously, Oakland and Jacksonville believe that they have their quarterbacks in Derek Carr and Blake Bortles. Bortles. They have the Jets at six, and if you're the Jets, I don't know how you let Marcus Mariota go past you at six. I don't get it. How? Unless you believe in Geno Smith. I don't know how you do that. If you believe in Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't know how you do that. If, if he somehow, way gets past six, if you're the Bears at seven, you got to think about it. you got to think about it. A quarterback. But who knows? I mean, and the question becomes who's going to get him. If the Chargers are going to move up and get him, is Philly going to move up and get him? You know, I still believe the Eagles are still in the mix. I won't believe that the Eagles 
are out of the mix when it comes to Marcus Mariota until I see Marcus Mariota put uh, at an introductory press conference for some team with his jersey held up in the air and that jersey not being midnight green of the Philadelphia Eagles. That's what I believe in. I won't believe it until I see that jersey being held up by Mariota for another team at the introductory press conference. I won't believe it until that time. I won't. Chip Kelly believes that Marcus Mariota can win titles, a few titles in this league. If you believe that, then you have to find a way to get the guy that you believe that can win titles. Because if he's winning titles, he's not winning titles for you. He's winning titles for somebody else. And the two titles, and those titles that he's winning are the titles that you're not winning. So if you feel like Marcus Mariota is that guy, if you feel like he's special, you coached him, Chip Kelly. You know him best. If you feel like he's special, then you got to find a way to get special. And if it means getting 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 uh, getting rid of a boatload of giving up a boatload of draft picks, if it means giving up a couple players, you got to get it. Franchise quarterbacks win titles in the NFL. Franchise quarterbacks win titles. In the National Football League, you look at you, you look no further, and I, I, I've said this before, before, but you look no further than the Final Four. You had Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, Tom Brady and the Patriots, and Andrew Luck and the Colts. Four guys. Four franchise quarterbacks. Four teams in the Final Four. Teams fighting to get into the uh, Super Bowl. Teams a game away from the Super Bowl. So the reality is, you need a franchise. I mean, there's various ways to win it. Maybe you can build up your defense and and you get a a suitable guy. You, You get a uh, a, a guy that is, is suitable. But I'm just looking at the past few Super Bowl winners. I'm looking at the past few Super Bowl winners, and those past few Super Bowl winners have been teams with franchise quarterbacks, franchise guys. Those teams have had franchise quarterbacks. Patriots, Tom Brady, Seahawks, Russell Wilson, Ravens, I think Joe Flacco is a franchise quarterback, a lower-level franchise quarterback, but a franchise quarterback nonetheless. Eli and the Patri- and the Giants, Russell, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Patriots, Drew Brees, Big Ben, Eli, Peyton, Big Ben, Pey- uh, uh, Tom, Tom, Brady. So I'm looking at the last – You know, the last, from 2004 till now. I can go back further if you want me to, but I'll say 2003 is the last time we saw a team win a Super Bowl without a franchise quarterback with Brad Johnson. But other than that, 
You've had Brady win one, two, three times. Eli win twice. Big Ben win a couple times. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Peyton Manning. You know, you've seen that. The point I'm trying to make is franchise quarterbacks get and help you win in, help you win Super Bowls, help you get to Super Bowls. That's the bottom line. Bottom line. So if you're Chip Kelly and you believe that Marcus Mariota can win multiple Super Bowls, guess what, my friend? Chip Kelly, you have to find a way to get your hands on a guy that you believe can win multiple Super Bowls. That's what you got to do. And we're going to bring in a guy now. We we, we talked to uh, Jake Waters earlier this week. Jake today, uh, you know, he had a big day today coming up. Uh, he was going to throw the football around today. Uh, obviously a very important day for him. According to reports, he was impressive in throwing today. It's his shoulder uh, that he injured during the regular season. He has at this point rehabbed that shoulder, getting his shoulder back. Um, but he's, he, he's thrown the football today. He said his arm felt good today. He said he had some zip, a nice zip on the ball. He just felt good about what he did today, and he threw the football today. And uh, we talked to him earlier this week as he prepared for what he was going to do today and as he prepared for the NFL draft, which is what? Less than two weeks away. How exciting. How exciting. And we, we talked to Jake Waters, and here it is now. Let's bring him in now former quarterback for Kansas State, Jake Waters. Jake, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Jake, right now you are rehabbing your shoulder after surgery. At this point, how is the shoulder? Oh, it feels great. Uh, you know, I'm starting to be able to throw a football more and more because I had to, you know, you have a, a process you got to go through. I was on a Nerf ball, and then, you know, now I'm progressing to a football, being able to throw, and, uh, now trying to get everything back, but I feel great, and uh, you know I'm, all, I'm almost there. Give us a percentage. How healthy are you? Um, I would say probably around 75, 80 percent. But I can I can throw pretty well, and you know put some zip on it and everything. But it's just uh, you know my, my stamina isn't there, you know, because I'm trying to strengthen you know all the all the muscles of the shoulder that you know got you know weak through the you know the injury and the, the surgery. But uh, you know it's getting better every single day. How frustrating has it been for you going through this draft process and not being able to go through various drills? Uh, it's very frustrating. Uh, you know, you see, you know, I'm a competitor and I love to compete. And you see, you know, the other the other QBs being able to do all this stuff and you know, show show kind of showcase what they they can do and their abilities. And I'm you know have to you know wait my time, but uh, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, you know, I wouldn't change the way I, I handled the injury. Uh, any other way, but, you know, so I'm just, just preparing, you know, rehabbing as hard as I can to, you know, be prepared to when I can throw, when I do get my opportunity to be able to, you know, be the best I can. So you you, you have no regret whatsoever playing through that tough shoulder injury? No, sir, not at all. I would do I would do it again in a heartbeat. Uh, you know, it was halfway through the year, and, uh, you know, I was, I, I loved the guys on my team, and nothing was, you know, the NFL is not promised or guaranteed, and, uh, you know, we had a you know great thing going in. Uh, you know, I, I would do it in a heartbeat for the guys and you know on the team. I love them, and uh, you know that, that's what it's all about. Being able to, you know, a bunch of guys played through injury, so I would do it again for sure. 
We're talking to former Kansas State quarterback Jake Waters. Take us through, how painful was it actually for you to play through the season with the shoulder injury? Um, I'm not going to lie, it was, it was pretty painful, you know, after Oklahoma game. and I didn't practice the, the whole next week, really. And we played Texas, and I was definitely trying to protect it because it was it definitely hurt. Uh, but, you know, once once you got into the game, you, you just had to go. I couldn't hurt it any worse. So I just had to go, and towards the end of the season, I could throw, you know, without pretty much out any pain. But you know, getting hit was was painful. Uh, but you know, it's just something you had to do. You know, everyone was playing through injuries. You know, later in the season, you know, it was just you know something I had to do. Now I, I know at this point you haven't been able to participate in any drills, but what kind of feedback are you getting from scouts? What are you hearing? Um, yeah, uh, just you know, talking to some at, you know at our pro day and uh, with my agent and. You know, that team, teams are interested. They want to, you know, see me when I'm, you know, healthy and, you know, for a workout and everything. I'm holding a, you know, a throwing session Friday in Manhattan, Kansas, okay. or we're going to videotape it and send it out to all the all the teams that, you know, kind of showcase my progress and how hard I've worked to, you know, get where I'm at right now. Okay. So Friday is, is when, you, you know, you'll go live on some level. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Now, when do you expect to be 100%? Um, any, you know, around end, end of this month, you know, a couple, start of May, you know, I should be good because I'm almost there. I feel great. Uh, I just kind of have to, you know, put the finishing touches, the doctor clearance and everything, but I'm really, really close. We're talking to former Kansas State quarterback Jake Waters. What must you do now in order for you to get better and to be effective on the NFL level? What do you feel like you need to improve on? Well, I mean, uh, you know, if you ask any quarterback, any quarterback's going to say they want to get better at everything. And, you know, for me, that's no different. I need to, you know, get a better at, you know, a lot of things. But one thing, you know, that we focused on, you know, after the season, you know, we went back and, and kind of looked at film, get my game film from the year, and, you know, my feet need to get better, you know, the consistency in my drop, you know, get lining up my feet to where I'm throwing. Uh, you know, that will help my accuracy, my power, and then just, you know, overall knowledge of uh, you know the, the game because you're gonna I'm gonna be asked to learn a, a whole new playbook. Uh, you know, the NFL's offense is different than what we had at K State, so that's gonna be you know something I'm gonna have to adjust to as well. Now, some may question your size. You are six one. Some may question your arm strength. How do you respond to that? <laughs> I mean, you, you can't. You know, people are gonna say or say that things, but say things like that. But uh, you know. Your, your play for, speaks for itself. You know, there are guys in the league, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, that, you know, compared to me just in, in height alone, not saying my game or, you know, that I'm on their level at all. But, you know, height-wise, it's shown throughout the league that the height doesn't necessarily matter anymore. Uh, you know, that you know the way the offenses are now and what, you know, these guys have been able to do that, you know, you don't have to be 6'5 to play quarterback anymore. As for arm strength, if you, you can put on the tape and you can see I, make, I can make any throw that, that K-State asked me from, you know, far hash to, you know, a deep comeback or a post or anything. So, you know, I, I, I have an arm and I can make throws. Now, is there a quarterback that you compare yourself to or, or a quarterback that you emulated? Um, well, I mean, I, I love Russell Wilson. I love Drew Brees, just, you know, the fact that they're, you know, you know around six foot just like me. And Drew Brees had shoulder surgery just like I did. So, True. I mean, in that sense, I, I, I love the way they play and, uh, with with Russell, he he can run and use his legs, but he's also a pass first guy. He's always he extends the play with his legs to throw, and that, that's what kind of you know what I think I do. I, I can make you know plays with my legs, but I'm always looking downfield. I'm always looking to throw too. 
Now, going back to your season now, you made adjustments, obviously, because you had the shoulder injury. And, and what kind of adjustments did you make? I mean, your numbers were, were solid, over 3,500 yards, 22 touchdowns, seven interceptions. What adjustments did you make? If um, any- yeah, I, I had to, you know, find a an arm slot throwing-wise that caused the least amount of pain throwing the ball because I had to, you know, kind of drop my release a little bit you know, with the injury and all that. But other than that, I mean, running the ball, I had to be – you know, I had to be smart with it, uh, you know, because I, I wanted to finish out the year, and you know, I knew, you know, teams knew I hurt my, you know, I had a, you know, a hurt shoulder and, and everything, so I just had to be smart running the ball, but also, you know, tell the coaches, hey, I can run it, whatever you guys need, I can do, uh, you know, so I had to just tweak it, but nothing too major. Let me ask you this now: all indications are probably pointing to you not getting drafted and going undrafted. At this point, have you heard anything different? Um, we'll get a better better feedback after you know we send out the tape and when teams see it. But uh, okay. you know, I've heard I've heard from scouts that come in and uh, talk to our coaches or agents that they wouldn't be surprised if they see you know a team if they really like you know my film and you know they see my video and they they like the progress I made to take me late. So you never know what's going to happen. Okay. It only takes one team to like you. For sure, for sure. And 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 just take us through this whole process in general. How stressful is this? I mean, obviously, you, you know, you're out there, you're trying to prove yourself. How stressful is this whole situation, this draft process? Yeah, it, it's stressful for sure. And then, you know, with my situation, it's, you know, it adds to the frustration too, along with the stress. But, uh, you know, it, it's, if you, if you look at it that way, it's stressful. But another way you look at it, you're so you know, fortunate to be in this situation that you're working out and getting a chance to, you know, play in the, the NFL, you know, a dream that every kid, you know, if you play football, you want to you want to play in the NFL. So if you look at it that way, you're just, what an opportunity to go out and, and work and try and get better every day to you know prove to a team that you can belong and you can make you can make it. So I mean, uh, you know, I kind of look at it as you know it's, it's a great opportunity. Who was your favorite team, NFL team, growing up? Um, I since I was really little, I've I've always liked the Broncos, but okay. uh, you know I I don't really care. If uh, if any team wants to give me a chance, you know they'll be my favorite team. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, I mean, that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, we're talking to former Kansas State quarterback Jake Waters. Jake, at the end of the day, why should any team give you an opportunity? Because I'm a winner. Uh, you know, if you if you go back and uh, I don't know, if I won two state championships in high school, a junior college national championship. Uh, you know, we went to two straight bowl games at KC. I'm a winner. I'm a competitor. I'm gonna get the best out of my guys. Uh, you know, I might not be able to throw it 90 yards or, you know, have the certain measurables that you look for, but I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a leader. I'm going to make the people around me better, and I'm going to win for you. Sounds good. Jake, you are on Twitter. Where can fans connect with Jake Walters on Twitter? It's jwaters15 underscore GLA. So, fans, support this man. Support his journey as he journeys on, hopefully for him, to the National Football League. Jake. Pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Let's do it again. All right, thank you. Yeah, that sounds good whenever you want. Sounds good. Take care. All right, thank you. Jake Waters, former quarterback, Kansas State. Jake Waters, as we said today, had a a workout. Um, Workout would be videotaped and ultimately, as he said, sent to teams around the National Football League. According to reports, um, according to his age, everything went well. Um, Jake threw the football well. So hopefully for him, that works out for him. And hopefully for him, um, 
you know, he, he has uh, first and foremost to get healthy, and, and secondly for him he can, he'll get an opportunity to to showcase what he can do, and, and you know to, to you know demonstrate exactly what he can do on the next level. We shall see. Nothing but the best of luck to Jake Waters, Aaron Hernandez, and. Sad story. I mean, as as we all know at this point in time, Aaron Hernandez convicted of uh, first-degree murder in the death of Odin Lloyd, um, sentenced automatically, capital murder. It's automatic, first-degree in, in, in the state of Massachusetts, automatic life in prison with no shot of parole. So when it's all said and done, Aaron Hernandez is going to die in prison. And that's tough. That's that's sad. I mean, first and foremost, the tough part is the death of Odin Lloyd. That, that, that's the tough part. You know, my condolences to the Lloyd family. That's tough. But who, would you have ever thought, I mean, this guy's also, uh, he's, he's been indicted on, on, on uh, a case where a double homicide. So he's going to be tried for that as well. So we could have a guy in Aaron Hernandez who theoretically murdered three people. Three. Jeez. But you look, you remember back in, back in uh, 2012, when Aaron Hernandez signed that new deal, that five-year, $40 million deal, $12 million signing bonus, $16 million in guaranteed money. Jeez. And at the time, you know, just reading, you know, some of the, 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 the quotes at the time where he signed the deal, quote, I knew it was coming just because when Gronk got it, I knew there was a good chance I was next in line. Now that it happened, it's definitely a blessing. I take it in. I'm excited to go on with my life. As soon as we started talking about contracts, I was emotional from that day on. Honestly, it's hard for me here to stay keeping my mind off of it. And it's just like I said, it's real. Probably when I'm done with this conversation, I got some tears in my eyes. But it's real, and it's an honor. Wow. And, you know, he also... Uh, he, he gave a check uh, for fifty million, fifty thousand, excuse me, to the Meyer Craft Fund. I mean, wow, wow. Aaron Hernandez was what, twenty-two years old at the time. You know, uh, set to make a boatload of money. Set to. I mean, he was. You know, this guy, if he goes through that contract, he would have been, what, about 27 years old, 27, 28, maybe 29 years old, right? In line for the possibility of another decent payday if he continues on that upwards uh, trend, if he continues to trend upward. The guy was in line to have a nice life, a nice football life, it seemed, and a nice Financial and, and, and a nice life in general. 
an opportunity to uplift Hernandez's, you know, his family. To, 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 you know, the opportunity for that. I mean, this guy had it all. Had it all. Young son, young young child, um, you know, decent-looking fiancé, money, playing for New England Patriots, a team that's been a team that's always been close to the Super Bowl, if not in the Super Bowl, a team that's always been a contending football team. He had it all. But you know what? When when, when you're a guy like Aaron Hernandez, and when in general, when you – Aaron Hernandez is basically in corporate America. The NFL is a corporation, big business. When you are involved and work for a corporation, you can't be a street thug. You, you, you can't do the street thing. The street thing has to go. The street thing cannot be your life no more. You can't be about that life, that street life. That, that, that's what you can't be about no more. you got to change your circle. you got to change the things that you do. And he didn't do it. He still acted like a, a, a street thug. You know, I mean, and he didn't need to be a street thug. I mean, it's the one thing to be a street guy when, when, you know, all you know is the streets, and, uh, you know, you're you're out there slinging uh, dope for for the possibilities of trying to feed your family. You're out there selling drugs and all those things, but you're trying to sell drugs. You're doing illegal illegal things to feed your family. You're doing illegal things, but maybe because maybe that's all you know. But Aaron Hernandez, he didn't have to do that. Aaron Hernandez had, you know, a big-time contract. Aaron Hernandez was one of the better tight ends in football. Aaron Hernandez was playing with Tom Brady, the best, maybe the best quarterback to have ever done it. And he's out there acting like a common street thug. Out there busting gas. Out there with guns and stuff, guns blazing. Who are you? You ain't no thug. You're supposed to be an NFL football player. You're you're, you're supposed to be a guy working in corporate America. You got millions upon millions of dollars. You're from Bristol, Connecticut. You know what I live in Bristol. I can say that. No thugs in Bristol. No thugs in Bristol. At least I know of. And Aaron Hernandez <coughs> acted like a common thug. A street dude. We whacked. We whacked like a street dude. When you, when you, when you, just, I mean, this, this is crazy to think that this man with all this money, this man with all the success, this man who was, 
so far seemingly away from street life as, or should have been just acting like a common thug. You know, there was, there was reports he would go back and forth to Hartford, hang out with some of his boys. Well, you know, when you when you here's the thing about life when you when you start making a, a you know making a level a, a certain amount of money when you start having a certain amount of success. Sometimes in life you got to change your circle, and your circle has to be a circle that's going to uplift you. Your circle has to be a circle that's going to make you a better person. Your circle has to be a circle that's going to keep you out of trouble. You can't hang out with the same guy. Can't do it. That's what Aaron Hernandez did. Hung out with the same dudes. Going back to Bristol. Going back to hanging out in Hartford. When you Maybe in reality, being drafted by the Patriots was the worst thing that happened to him because he was so close to home. Home is Bristol, Connecticut. Massachusetts, what, about two hours away? Too close. Maybe he should have been a little farther away. What, a drive right down I-91? Should have been a little farther away. But he he's had issues throughout the course of his his, his his time with the Patriots, course of his time in Florida. I mean, it, where did it go wrong? Apparently, it may have went wrong. You know, his, his dad died. That, that seems to be the growing thing, you know, when it comes to this story. It went wrong when his dad died. And the guy that kept him in line, you know, when, when, that, when, he, when he died, People notice the change in Aaron Hernandez. And it's funny, you know, according to a psychological profile back in 2010, uh, you know, they said, quote, living on the edge of acceptable behavior. And you look at that. When, when you say, when you hear living on the edge of acceptable behavior, when you it, it's one thing to live on the edge Sometimes without money, you start living on the edge with money. You know, you, money makes you a, it makes you a bigger of who you are. You're a jerk. You become a bigger jerk. That, that that's what money does to you. And so, with that being said, with that being said, money for a guy who's already living on the edge is not a good thing. For a guy that's already still hanging out with his boys in Hartford and Bristol, Bristol, it's not a good thing. I, it, it, it's, it's a sad story to, to, to think that this guy who had it all, now is going to spend, what, Aaron Hernandez, what, 25 years old, is going to spend the rest of his natural life behind prison bars. The rest of his natural life behind prison bars. That is is, is sad. It's it's just sad that a guy who had it all, who started from the bottom, made it to the top, has now returned to the bottom. And unfortunately, he's going to stay at the bottom 
barring some type of appeal, he's going to say, barring some kind of reversal in the in the appeal, he's going to stay at the bottom for the rest of his life. No one won that. No one won. No one wins. I mean, you know, the Lloyd family they lost. Their, 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 you know, his mother lost a son. No one wins in that situation. Aaron Hernandez, his family, his fiance loses her fiance, a possible husband. Uh, she also loses the father of her child. Um, that's tough. So two lives were forever changed on that night. And the life of Odin Lloyd is gone. And you might be able to argue that the life of Aaron Hernandez is gone in terms of what it could have been. Obviously, you can go to jail and you can can turn yourself into a good person. You can, you know, do various things in the prison that can help others. You could be a help to others, possibly. You know, you... you I don't know, and I couldn't imagine what it would what it would be like to do. Uh, first of all, a day in prison, but to do thirty to forty plus. I mean, Aaron Hernandez is going to die in prison. So if he lives till he's seventy five, seventy, he's going to spend fifty years in prison. I mean, if uh, that's a long time, that's a long time. To rot, and, and, and so you hope ultimately, while he's in jail, he becomes a better person. Ultimately, you hope that he can make a difference in prison. Um, obviously, his opportunity to make a difference is it's harder, it's tougher, but it still can be done. And you just hope he becomes a better person. You know, I noticed throughout the course of the trial, and you know, throughout, he just showed no emotion, very stoic. You know, he had the hard, tough guy thing going on, no emotion, no no nothing. It was just nothing from Aaron Hernandez. You, you, you got nothing in terms of emotion. You got nothing in, in, in terms of anything. I mean, all you got was a, the, the mouthing of you got it wrong. I mean, all you got was, a, a, you know, stay strong to his, his fiancé and his, to his mother. I mean, if you're his mother, you know, how, that's got to be tough for you to see your baby boy now spend the rest of his life in prison after what he had accomplished. I mean, to get to the NFL is is, is no small feat. You know, to, to be able to play in the National Football League is an amazing feat. To be able to have that opportunity uh, to play for one of the 32 teams in the NFL is special. But to be one of the better players in the National Football League is even more harder. And to be a guy to get a $40 million contract is a lot harder. You know, so he had what a lot of people would love to have. He had it all, seemingly. All. Except common sense. Good sense. I mean, you can't be a thug and be an NFL player and expect that to work. Those two things don't mix. If you want to be about the streets, be about the street. But if you want to be in the NFL and and, and you know be uh, have a productive 
life, you know, then then do that. Do that. But don't be something that you're not. Don't be something that you're not. And Aaron Hernandez, and maybe that's who he is. Now, who knows? I mean, if it comes out that he killed the other two as well, then maybe what he really is is just a, some common thug. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But it seems like we already know what's going to happen. We already know that Aaron Hernandez is going to spend the rest of his life behind prison bars. Second hour of Go For It starts right now. Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! We're back. Second hour of Go For It started right now. In this hour, expected to be joined by actor, one of the stars of Brotherly Love, Eric Hill. Um, we're going to get Eric's thoughts on that movie, Brotherly Love, coming out. Uh, next weekend, uh, next Friday, Queen Latifah, Flavor Unit, uh, producing that movie. Um, so we're going to talk to Eric about that movie. Uh, Eric also just shot some commercials with Kevin Durant, so we're going to get his thoughts on Kevin Durant, his season. Kevin Durant ultimately out for the year, um, you know, and, and ultimately him being out for the year cost the OKC Thunder their opportunity to win. Uh, we'll get to the NBA playoffs and ultimately – caused them, you know, it, it short-circuited their opportunity to win uh, an NBA title. I mean, I thought they'd still make the playoffs, but it, it just didn't work out for them. And part of the reason why it didn't work out is because their best player, KD, Kevin Durant, or you could say Russ Westbrook is. But one of their two top players was not there. And because one or two top players wasn't there, OKC is home. We We went to Aaron Hernandez. Now, Another guy who, you know, uh, Lawrence Phillips. I mean, Lawrence Phillips came out uh, of college, and obviously he had issues. He had character issues in college, Nebraska. You know, this whole situation with the with the girl, and you know him uh, pulling the female down a flight of stairs. And you know, Lawrence Phillips. You know, he's, he's a guy who who had a lot of issues growing up. A whole heck of a lot of issues growing up. A whole heck of a lot of issues in, in college. And, you know, obviously uh, a whole heck of a lot of issues uh, in the NFL and a whole heck of a lot of issues post-NFL. Lawrence Phillips, now he's a guy in prison, and now Lawrence Phillips is probably going to be charged with homicide uh, as, you know, a prison cellmate of his was strangled. Strangled. The, The prison cellmate died of strangulation. And Lawrence Phillips, he's suspected of killing uh, Damian Soward, who they found unresponsive, unresponsive in his cell. Now, this guy, Damian Soward, 
is also spending life in prison for first-degree murder, 82 years to be exact. So, you know, whatever that's good, whatever that means. But, you know, it could be, you know, turnabout is fair play in some respect. But at the end of the day, you don't want to see anybody die. But anyway, <clears throat> Lawrence Phillips was serving already 31 years in prison. And this guy, wow. I mean, just like Aaron Hernandez, obviously Aaron Hernandez's situation is a little more surprising than Lawrence Phillips. But Lawrence Phillips, I mean, this guy, 31 years in prison, he's 39 years old. And, and after this situation, if, if if we find out or if it's found out that he uh, killed this man in prison, well, he, just like Aaron Hernandez, probably won't see the light of day. And I'm not sure if that's necessarily a bad thing, just based off, uh, you know, just based off what we've seen out of uh, Lawrence Phillips over the years. Lawrence Phillips is is a guy who might be a menace to society. He might be a menace to society. And, you know, not might be, he is a menace to society. And, uh, you know, and quite frankly, being that Lawrence Phillips is a menace to society, he probably belongs in prison forever. Forever. And he does not deserve to see the light of day. And it's as it's it's sad obviously. It, it it's it's very sad to 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 see, you know, it's just sad. It's just sad to see a, a a guy with so much promise on the football field. You know, and a lot of times, you know, a lot of these times these guys, you know, we look past their character, their lack of character, their lack of good character because of their abilities on the football field their abilities on the basketball court, their abilities in general. And and so we, we, we see past and look past those things when it comes to those guys because those guys you know, can, can, can have a wicked jump shot. Those guys have can run the football and run four threes and four twos and, and, and catch footballs and jump vertically, jump 45, 47 inches and just do crazy things. We look past. Their, their deficiencies as humans. We look past their character flaws. We look past all those things because of what they can do. You can argue maybe Tom Osborne looked past and gave Lawrence Phillips a second chance because Lawrence Phillips could run the football amazingly well. Because Lawrence Phillips can help Tom Osborne win football games. And in the midst of all that, we forget about the person, the man, his character. And ultimately, we, 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 we forget about those things, and uh, uh, those things aren't, aren't, aren't you know, taken care of. We run into situations like we did with Lawrence Phillips. Sad, sad, sad situation. You're listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean see. anything in the playoffs, time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was, trying to throw uh, you, you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get nah. your, your hopes up. Come on, man. 
I'm a realist too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're Come capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's early. That's not Rocky. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're Thanks. very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> so- and we're back. We're about to bring in a guy now. Um, you know, we got a big, a big movie coming next weekend, Brotherly Love. Uh, you know, big time movie that's coming out next weekend. This guy is going to be a part of it. And this guy also, he shot some commercials with Kevin Durant. So, you know, this this guy knows the sport of basketball. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And apparently this guy is a big fan of LeBron James. And we'll see if King James and the uh, uh, Cavaliers can get it done and ultimately get to the NBA finals. Let's bring him in now actor, and one of the stars of Brotherly Love, Eric D. Hill. Eric, how's it going? How are you, man? I'm very good. Thank you for having me, my brother. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Eric, let's get right down to it, man. I mean, uh, let's go to Brotherly Love. That's coming out next Friday. Queen Latifah and the Flavor Unit helped produce that particular movie. You got Kiki Palmer. You got Corey Hardrick. And, of course, you got yourself. What can we expect, man? Uh, this is an awesome film. Uh, it's it's about family, and uh, it focuses in on a specific group of people in Philadelphia who are trying to do what's right by their respective families, and uh, the only problem is that, you know, they're in a neighborhood that's entrenched in violence, so making the right decision for your family can be a difficult one. You know, and Corey Hartford plays the patriarch of the family. Uh, you know, he plays my older brother, June, and Kiki Palmer and I are twin siblings uh, who, you know, are really – really disciplined by Corey and you know me I'm trying to focus on getting our family together and financially stable through you know being the number one basketball player in the country and maintaining that so I could you know create some financial independence and Jackie is you know Kiki Kiki Palmer's character she wants to pursue her music interest and Corey's in the streets Corey's really trying to you know do what he can there so that you know he can at least just keep our head afloat keep us above water until, you know, my promising career takes off. Let me ask you this now. You play uh, the character Sergio Taylor in this particular movie. Tell us about Sergio. Sergio is, um, he's the number one basketball player in the nation, and Sergio is very focused on sticking to him and June's plan, which is to stay focused in school, stay out of trouble. That way, you know, we don't bring any negative attention, and, you know, I can increase my draft stock, you know, and, and really just, pull us out with those contracts, you know, that you get when you're, when you're first signed in the league. Definitely. I mean, and, and you look at, at guys when they first sign in the league and they get that big-time contract, man, sometimes it goes downhill. It does, but that's the beauty of June, is that June is so disciplined. He's got a plan that, you know, is, is idiot-proof as long as we stick to it. And, you know, it's been extremely successful up until this point. Because if there's one thing that June is, is understanding of, it's the importance of, you know, of having, of maintaining, you know, sanity when it comes down to, to spending. Because especially with the lifestyle he lives, it's very easy to be, to, to be frugal. But he's relatively miserly. For sure. We're talking to one of the stars of Brotherly Love, Eric D. Hill. 
Eric, uh, let me also ask you this now. Queen Latifah was a big part of this movie. How much did you yes. deal with Latifah uh, in terms of this movie? You know, I actually met Queen Latifah recently uh, when we okay. were uh, had our press junket in L.A. What's so amazing about her mindset is that when she decided to greenlight Jamal's help, Jamal Hill's project, he's the writer and director of this film, she established a team that went into Philadelphia and made sure that we were able to complete this project in just 21 days. Okay. In 21 days, an independent film. And that's the type of, that's, the, that's how much she believed in this project, you know, because she's a very busy woman in herself. But she gave us an A team to be able to complete this. And, you know, you'll see, on, um, you'll see next Friday just, you know, what we were able to accomplish. Let me ask you this. You talked about 21 days you filmed this movie. What is the typical amount of time? And talk about, you know, you say 21 days. Obviously, that's fast. What is the common time? What's the typical time uh, to shoot a movie? Well, I'll put it to you like this, brother. When I, the first film I ever shot was uh, we shot in New Orleans, and we had, uh, you know, big-time producer, you know, huge executive producers. You know, it, this wasn't an independent film. I'll say it like that. And we ran out of time filming it. Okay. And we used three months. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. It's different for everyone. You know, you have people who can who who work with within different time frames. But let me tell you something. Twenty one days is a very short period of time to be able to like com complete the film the way that we did it, uh, with the amazing cast that we had, with the uh I mean the the, the way we shot it, we shot it on location in Philadelphia. Okay. This is a film right. about Philadelphia. We shot that in a Philadelphia high school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we were, we shot this gorilla style, man. But it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Let me just ask you this now, Eric. You've been on set uh, a few times with Kevin Durant. You shot a few commercials with him. What are your thoughts on Kevin Durant, man, and the, the tough season that he had? Well, I'll tell you. That's that's just that just comes with with any job. You know, you're gonna have highs and lows. And when you're an athlete, the highs and lows are. You know, your health plays into those highs and lows. But the beauty of KD is that he's so level-headed that, as you can see, I mean, when he comes back from injury, he still comes back, and he's and it's like he never left. So right. when working with him, it was awesome because here I am. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't necessarily starstruck as I was when I finally saw this person. He's, seven, like, he's, he's like 6'11", and he stands <laughs> up, and he's really towering over you. And I just remember saying to myself, holy crap, you're the guy that I just dropped 85 with on NBA 2K. You know what I'm saying? It's, just, it's surreal. And when you finally ask, have a conversation with him, as a matter of fact, he initiated conversation with me. Because okay. during the first campaign that we shot for Foot Locker, and it was so cool because when we got on set to shoot the next commercial, you know that he walked up to me again and actually remembered the person. I go by the first initial of my name, E. He walked up to me and said, hey, E. Now, would he remember me now? I don't know. But the type of, but the type of guy that he is, is he's so genuine and he's he's comfortable around everybody, so he just wants you to feel as comfortable. You know what I mean? He's such a cool dude. He's he's everything that everybody says he is. He's just the, he's a genuine brother. Let me ask you. So did you when when you know being around Kevin Durant? How much did being around Kevin Durant help you in terms of your role as Sergio Sergio Taylor? Did did it help you at all? What it reminded me is that it's okay to to just be yourself. You know, okay. there is there's no need to sit there and, and and like act like you're this this larger than life figure because the the media does that for you, especially when you're you know touted as the number one player in the nation, as you know KD was when he was in. I mean, you know, Greg Oden was also there, but you know, Kevin Durant won a number of accolades in Texas, 
and yet we see him now as, you know, a huge figure for a Nike campaign, and yet I just had all the experiences that I had with him. So what I did with Sergio was just remember that it's okay to just be the kid in high school that's just trying to get through high school. I don't have to look like I'm about to go to the NBA because there is no look for that, and KD proved that. We're talking to one of the stars of Brotherly Love, Eric D. Hill. Now, obviously you play a basketball player in Sergio Taylor. Let's talk about your game. I mean, how, how good are you, man? I'm I'm good enough to not get picked last in New York City. Okay. That's good enough. <laughs> that's, 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 how, that's how good I am. I'm not going to – Sergio Taylor is definitely a better basketball player than Eric D. Hill, but – I uh, I'm not gonna lie, man. I I can play a little bit. You know, it took me some time to develop a jump shot because I started playing ball at 13. But you know, because I was just one of these you know run fast, jump high kind of brothers. But I I developed a passion for the game, and you know that's how that's how how skilled these players are in the NBA. That you know I'm 20 I'm I'm 25 now, and it's taken 12 years for me to be able to step behind the three point line. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, there is a jump, uh, you know, fast, jump high kind of brother that you admire in LeBron James who can do a little more than just jump and, and run fast. But, you know, a guy that you admire, do you expect LeBron James and the Cavaliers to win the NBA title this season? I don't expect anything at all. That's This is <laughs> this is the game where amazing happens. You know what I mean? What, what, I, what I do know is that, LeBron has a team in Cleveland right now that is much different than the old team that he had. And these players are are very hungry. Um, they are they're a very versatile team in terms of their defensive capabilities, you know, with the addition of Shump. You know, J.R. Smith is a much different player than he was in New York. You know, Kevin Love, everybody wants to talk about K-Love, but let me put it to you like this. Chris Bosh's numbers dropped when he got to when he got True. to Miami, but we see now with LeBron gone how big of a piece he is there. And we know what Kevin Love is doing with those twenty and twenty games last season. So I expect him to, you know, you know, to do exactly what he's been doing, which is uh which is be there. You know, especially when the playoffs happen, trust me, when you know that there's a seven game series on the line, um You'll 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 lose a game and then get your mind right because you realize that now you're competing for what you got in the league for, which is an NBA championship and your legacy. So you know I definitely think that all of those components are going to give them, you know, Andy's rounds in the Eastern Conference. If they make it out of the East, because um, Atlanta is a pretty tough team, if they make it out the East, they're going to have the experience necessary to take on one of these behemoths that are coming out of the West. <laughs> and, and here's the thing about the West. I mean, whoever gets out of the West is going to pretty much go through the gauntlet. I mean. You know, it's tough out there. I mean, you got seven of the eight teams who won 50 games, so it's going to be tough. Whoever comes out of the West is going to be tough. And I look at the East, and you know, I think a lot of times, oh, I think people are sleeping on the Atlanta Hawks. I'm not saying Atlanta Hawks are going to beat the Cavaliers when it's all said and done in a seven-game series, but I wouldn't be surprised. They are a 60-win team. They also have Al Horford, and that's one thing that, you know, LeBron James' teams have lacked in the past. It's just, you know, a defensive low-post presence that is consistent and healthy. You know, I mean, Joel Anthony was great, but it's just that he becomes a liability on the offensive end on certain times, even though he's amazing. And I would definitely pick Joel Anthony on my team at any given time. It's just that you need somebody who's capable on, on both ends to wear out, you know, Millsap and, 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 uh, and Horford. And that's where I think, you know, things can 
that's why I think the Cavs have a better shot now because they have, you know, sh- uh, strengthened that, that front line. But, you know, it's it's just super tough because, like you said, the West is so the West is so deep. But I sure. just feel like you know Kyrie Irving is is just uh, you know, remember remember how no you know remember how people had to know basketball to know about Rondo, and then Rondo yeah. got to the playoffs and everybody found out found out about Rondo. I feel like the world is about to discover Kyrie Irving. Like the All Star Game is great and everything, but let me tell you something. This boy is a beast, and he's going to give point guards in the Western Conference fits. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean I, I'm sorry. I'm, I, could, I could talk about this all day. No, no, I, no, I understand. I can do the same thing. And I, I, I just look at Kyrie, and I think we, we know, we finally, we do know about him now because obviously he was playing with the Cavaliers the past few years on some bad basketball teams. But, the, you know, to your point, you know, you come, you do this in the playoffs. You do big things in the playoffs. You become immortalized. That's when you know you start making a name, a true name for yourself. And it should be interesting to see if he makes that true name for himself during these playoffs. It's going to be fun. It's going to be absolutely fun. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's, he, he, like, it's, you just know that he is because he's already. Listen, when you are Uncle Drew, when you're Uncle Drew, <laughs> you're already on the path. To, to immortalization, you know what I'm saying, and, and it's it's just it's just a question of you know because he's one of these players that shines bright. I mean, let's not forget the conversation that Kyrie had with Kobe, if I'm not mistaken, his rookie year during the USA tryouts. He was sitting there telling Kobe that they're supposed to have this game where I think Kobe threw was like fifty thousand dollars to the charity if Kyrie beats him one on one. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the same guy. This is the same that same person, that kid. Who was like 14 games into his, you know, quote unquote professional career? Because I look at college sports as professional sports. I don't care what you say. But, you know, 14, 14 games into his professional career. Then he comes to the NBA. And did, did he win the Roy? Did Kyrie win the Roy? Come on. Now, now he's in the playoffs with LeBron James. Get out of here. He's going to be great. <laughs> I mean, I, so. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's going to be fun. I, I, I can't wait for it to play out. It's going to be fun. The East is going to be fun. The West is going to be really fun. I mean, extremely fun, crazy fun. And it's going to be, we'll see who comes out. We'll see who comes out, and we'll see who makes their name for themselves. We're talking to one of the stars of Brotherly Love, actor Eric D. Hill. Eric, what else do you have going on outside of Brotherly Love? Uh, The Rent. Ain't nothing going on but the rent, baby. No, I'm just kidding. So, my, but seriously, the one thing that I love about about where I am in my career is that I have the opportunity to to book projects like Brotherly Love and then bring those right back to the audition room. You know, because there's it's difficult when you're an actor. You know, there's at this current time I'm auditioning for my next project. But what happens okay. is that your your agents and your managers who finally get an opportunity to you know, see more of your work because they know they, they signed you because they know your potential. But then when they see something like, you know, what they've seen in Brotherly Love, it becomes so much they their fire gets, you know, turned back up to super, super high where they're you know, they have all the confidence in the world to stand behind you and push you for things that, you know, they're they're now seeing you're capable of. So this has been amazing, man. Like the rooms that I've been walking into, the relationships that have been developed. I'm a you know, I just can't wait to get back to work, man. Like, seriously. <laughs> and and that's just the life, is that the life of an actor is just always looking forward, always to that next project. It's always on to the next. 
Exactly. That's always what it is. And that's one of the things that I, you know, that a lot of actors struggle with, including myself, because it becomes a blow to your self-esteem when, you know, you're, when you ultimately want to work, which the majority of your life consists of, you know, bombing on interviews. And that's usually how actors look at it. And it's not necessarily bombing on interviews as it is the level of competition is so high and the, the, the number of people competing for your position is so high that the probability of you being the person who gets it on a consistent basis is extremely slim. And that becomes hard to, to, to swallow, you know, year after year after year after year, which is the reason why I'm a strong proponent of finding the things in your life that make you happy. And, you know, doing the, the self-evaluations to discover those things because that's just as important as booking your next job. Because sure. if you go into that room, excuse me, I'm sorry, but, yeah, if you go into that no, room and, you're, and your mind is not right, you know, then – it uh it hurts your performance. You know, you're you've got to be fresh. You've got to be thinking positively. You have to be hungry. Yeah, I mean not hungry. You have to be you know well fed and well nourished. And though we take little things like that for granted, our as as an actor, you know, our body is is our pen. If we were a writer, so we have to make sure that it's you know it's full of ink or just full of energy in order for us to be able to perform at our top level. And at the end of the day, you got to eat. And you know, this is the way you eat. So you know, this right. is this is what you do. Right, man, and I love it. And that's the thing about it is I, I love every moment of it. You know, I, I started acting when I was in high school, and uh, I've continued it ever since. It's it's just it's one of those things where when you get paid for it, you realize, holy crap, I found a way to monetize something that I love. For sure. And that's, the, that's what just keeps you going forward. Eric, at the end of the day, I mean, Brotherly Love is coming out next Friday, April 24th. Why April should 24th. anybody... April 24th, right? Yep, I, I was just repeating, brother, for the purposes of <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, uh, why should I spend $20, $10, on, on tickets, me and my wife, another $5, $10 on popcorn and soda to see this movie? Why should I go out? Because the messages in this film are what everybody needs to hear or rehear. When I first shot this film, I felt a certain way about it. When I watched the film, I felt a lot differently about it. I was just super excited to be a part of it. When I watched it, I realized that, you know, I have certain values about energy and how the motivations behind your choices dictate the, the result that you're going to receive. And if you think positively and you're doing something out of the kindness of your heart and of the goodness of your heart, though it may be a decision that other people may question as good or bad, You'll get what you need, and you'll get, it'll be a positive result. And the same thing goes for the negative result. And I feel like people forget about that, you know, and this film is a fun way to remind you of how your choices dictate your life. And it does so by talking about family. It talks about – it doesn't skip around ideas like sex. It gets, it gets very deep into these individual characters, you know, motivations for their choices and the beauty of it is that they're all under 25 but that okay. resonates with everybody over the over any age you know i mean regardless of what age you are and the cool thing that i've always said is if you can find this film in subtitles in your language you too will walk away from something you know walk <laughs> away from it with something it's it's one of those films man where i sat back and i was like holy crap i'm really glad i was a part of this <laughs> sounds good <laughs> eric you are on Twitter. Where can fans connect 
with the great Eric D. Hill on Twitter. <laughs> I am at, you can find me um, on Instagram and Twitter at Real E. Hill, R-E-A-L-E-H-I-L-L. Um, and, and yeah, guys, listen, uh, thank you so much, brother, for having me, Paul. I mean, I, I, I really appreciate it. I love every opportunity I get to sit there and chop up basketball, man. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And I love every opportunity, every moment I can chop up and talk some basketball as well. Eric, man, pleasure talking to you. Wish you nothing but the best of luck with brotherly love. Look, wish you nothing but the best of luck with the rent. And, and I'm glad that you're able to pay the rent. And nothing but the best of luck with you moving forward. Let's do it again. Hey, but I listen. I, I look forward to it. I got the numbers, so don't be mad if I call in. <laughs> For sure. All right, brother. Thank you very Take much. Take care. weekend, man. You too. Actor Eric D. Hill, brotherly love in theaters, April twenty fourth. Check it out. Check this man out, Eric D. Hill. Before we get out of here, I mean, let's before we get out of here, I got to give you. What I think is going to happen, I think it's going to be the Cavaliers and the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think it's going to be the Clippers and the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. And I think that the Cavaliers and the Warriors will meet in the NBA Finals with LeBron James and the Cavaliers hoisting the trophy. But don't sleep on the Atlanta Hawks. I'm conflicted with this pick, but don't sleep on the Atlanta Hawks. And don't sleep on the Los Angeles Clippers. I believe they're going to get through the San Antonio Spurs. I think this is their time to make a strong and deep playoff run. I want to thank Eric Hill for uh, stopping by. also want to thank uh, former Kansas State quarterback Jake Walters for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgan, or you can listen to this show and other shows. Follow us on Twitter at GoForAgain, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Hit us up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash GoForAgain. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy your weekend. See you later. Take care. Bye.